Welcome to PCB Chat, where we talk with experts across the printed circuit design, manufacturing, and electronic supply chain fields. I'm Mike Buto, I'm the president of the Printed Circuit Engineering Association. This is our first podcast of the year, so Happy New Year to all our listeners, and a Happy New Year to our guests. Uh, let me introduce Wally Rhines and Merlin Brunken. Wally is the spokesperson for the ESD Alliance, which is part of the Semiconductor Equipment and Materials International Trade Group. Each quarter on this show, Wally shares the latest electronic design automation data. Now, most folks in the industry, of course, will recognize Wally, who spent 45 years in semiconductor and PCB design as an executive with Mentor Graphics and TI. And joining Wally is Merlin Brunken, the Market Intelligence Director with Siemens Digital Industries. Merlin has for years been the foremost gatherer of market data for PCB design, and we are certainly glad to have his insights. So, gentlemen, hope the year is off to a good start for both of you. It sure is. <laughs> and the, of course, now we're just reporting the third quarter of last year, but, boy, uh, we've got some good numbers for you today, Mike. Let's get started on that. As Wally mentioned, this we're reporting the third quarter 2023 EDA market numbers from the ESD Alliance, and these would be for the period ending October 31st, 2023, and they were released on January 8th, 2024. Most of our audience is focused on PCB, so we will start there. And I don't want to steal your thunder, Wally, but the PCB and MCM design tools market had a blowout third quarter, as did the greater EDA industry. They certainly did. Uh, PCB and MCM uh, together, uh, worldwide, uh, the revenue grew 23.6%, uh, phenomenal growth rate. Uh, of course, a whole EDA uh, category grew well. But PCB was uniformly strong uh, across uh, uh, essentially all the significant categories within PCB. And regionally, uh, everywhere but Japan, uh, up uh, very strongly, particularly in Europe and the Asia-Pacific region. Join the electronics industry at PCB East 2024, coming to the Boston suburbs June 4th to 7th. The conference will feature more than 75 hours of in-depth electronics engineering training for every level of experience, from novice to expert. Rick Hartley, Susie Webb, Thomas Chester, and Zach Peterson are among the headliners of this year's conference. The scope of classes ranges from basics on design engineering and circuit grounding, DDR5 routing, SMT equipment validation, medical wearable device compliance, controlling noise and EMI, and AI and electronics, among many others. Registration is now open for both the technical conference and the exhibition at PCBEast.com. Now, we just published a piece in PCDNF Magazine this month on the growth of the PCB and MCM design tool space over the past eight years. And here we are already making that record obsolete, and not by a little bit. Now, this is the first time we've breached the $400 million mark for the category. Yeah, it's the uh, total category is uh, for uh, the prior 12 months, prior four quarters, is uh, $1.4 billion of revenue. And then this the recent uh, quarter, it's... Uh, 426 million in the quarter and then yep. 1.5 billion for the last four quarters. 
uh, a, a really remarkable number. I think uh, we were all surprised oh. when that uh, PCB hit a billion dollars, and now we've blasted right through that uh, <laughs> and are on, on our way to uh, – well, we're now uh, – 50% greater than that. So it's, it's quite a you know, large showing. So while much of the manufacturing side of the industry was flat, software just keeps pushing higher. Yeah, it's uh, normally an indicator that people are designing new products at a uh, feverish pace. Uh, of course, uh, PCB tends to reflect uh, the systems businesses of the world uh, as opposed to the semiconductor businesses. And so that's that's very positive. You have, uh, of course, I think everyone views that uh, the automotive industry has been strong, but uh, this appears to be uh, much broader than that. A, a lot of growth in s- systems uh, activity worldwide. And also, uh, this does include uh, some of the packaging uh, design, but it's actually uh, a lot of companies report their package design software elsewhere. So uh, it's uh, not a big mover for the uh, the total category. Well, as you mentioned, geographically, every major region did very well. Um, you know, even Japan, which has been a bit of a lagger relative to elsewhere, uh, the Americas in particular uh, swung back to positive territory after slipping, you know, minutely in, in Q2. Um, I know that we've touched on this in the past, but, you know, not everyone's going to go back and listen to old podcasts. So, you know, where do we generally stand as, you know, for EDA relative to, um, uh, you know, the GDP of the U.S. or, or world GDP? Um, you know, does one uh, figure correlate well to the other? Well, more, Merlin and I have done a lot of studies on this over the years, and uh, the uh, the a fact is that uh, uh, the semiconductor industry in general tends to uh, uh, have its own independent uh, volatility, independent of worldwide GDP, but does in fact follow uh, the ups and downs of GDP. So if you have a big worldwide recession, it will be negative for the semiconductor industry, but only modestly negative for EDA because EDA tends to be a longer term investment. Uh, if you believe that uh, the GDP is going to grow a lot in the years ahead, that's a necessary but not sufficient condition for growth of the industry. But usually that's the case. And usually uh, uh, you'll get a boost from that. But you can grow independent of the uh, worldwide GDP as long as there is uh, not a a major recession. Now, one of the things that, uh, you know, we may or may not have to look forward to is, uh, you know, as AI um, driven tools or tools that have AI as part of them that might help, uh, you know, engineers um, uh, speed up certain tasks uh, or may require less engineering time altogether. You know, as those tools become, you know, more prominent, can we expect some changes in the way that uh, the the major EDA companies, uh, you know, sell their tools? And if so, you know, would we see more volatility uh, if we're going back to some of the pricing models that we used to use years ago? Well, thus far. It's a big, hairy question, isn't it? Well, it, uh, thus far for the companies that have announced, fundamentally, AI has permeated the whole flow 
of all the major EDA companies. Uh, but it's been tool by tool. You know, each of the tools have been enhanced with AI capabilities. The things that are being promised for the future are things like co-pilots, where you actually build on a foundation model in AI, and uh, suddenly now you have uh, a design advisor to work with. And PCB is every bit uh, a part of this total, if you if you look at the public presentations of the companies, it's not just IC design that's being affected, it's PCB design as well. We're already benefiting from many of the enhancements that AI has brought, but they've been what I would call empirical AI, that is, taking advantage of the statistics of design and design experience to enhance the efficiency of the tools themselves, the ability to get design conclusions uh, uh, using a smaller portion of the data or to do regression testing, knowing that a small number of tests will give you find most of the bugs, uh, those kinds of things. We're moving into the next phase and we'll see how that affects it. I don't expect it to have a big impact on the selling model. The The fact is that uh, the EDA industry has a fairly long period of stability in selling in the models it has. And these other, the AI-based tools can be sold the same way. The, the one transition that can affect things is selling cloud-based subscriptions. And, yeah, that's been slow in coming, but uh, we may see more of it. Certainly, EDA companies are talking about uh, things that they plan in that area. Got it. I know that we're sounding like a broken record here, but employment was up again, uh, 1% sequentially and 10.6% year over year. Uh, You and Merlin and I have in the past touched on how this can keep happening, but it's still, to me, it's still staggering. It's always staggering. Uh, this one isn't quite so staggering because if you're growing the total EDA revenue at 25% and only growing the employment uh, at 10% or 10.6%, uh, then that tends to be very accretive to your earnings. So uh, the, the one that's amazed us more is the consistency of growth uh, that was higher growth in employment than the growth in revenue. And that's been the case uh, a lot of times uh, in the years we've been doing this report. Do you have any insight insofar as where tools, uh, the digital twin tools are ending up? Are they being grouped into the EDA revenue or is that being um, is that part of like manufacturing revenue and kind of classified by a different organization? Well, the, the revenue we report upon comes from EDA companies. Uh, a lot of them refer to their tools as digital twin capable and uh, they uh, advertise many of the capabilities that are provided. So I would say there is certainly data within this report that includes what might be considered digital twin data. On the other hand, there are other suppliers of mechanical CAD, the life cycle management products and others that are sold uh, with the promise of digital twins that are not part of the reported EDA software. And so it's not inclusive in that sense. It's uh, sort of a mixture. There was a uh, an announcement in the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, a major offer being made by one huge EDA company for another very large EDA company. If something like that goes through, does it change at all the way that you produce your, your reports and things like that? I mean, you know, generally employment will have a little bit of a shakeout and things and so forth. So I know you probably can't comment on that particular proposed deal, but in general, how do you massage the data, if at all, 
to account for those types of of, of blips in the universe. So an, a number of EDA companies have businesses within their company that are not EDA, or at least that don't uh, have revenue that would uh, be categorized in the uh, market data report. And so they simply don't report that data. What they do is they report their EDA data, uh, and that's basically in the categories we talk about, front-end engineering and uh, printed circuit board and uh, uh, layout, uh, uh, silicon IP, and uh, what they leave out, it, well, and services. <laughs> And so, uh, so they report in those categories. Now, if, if a major EDA company takes on a company with a different type of CAD, if that company has EDA software, they would probably uh, report it. And so that would, uh, sort of enrich the reporting for our report if, if that company wasn't already reporting itself. But I would expect the change to be relatively small. It can be, uh, more significant if it was where one of the companies being acquired is not a reporting company. In this case, the rumors, I think you're suggesting they're both reporting D ESDA. Would make the change negligible. Yeah. We don't go back to the state, but we do start including the new numbers as they uh, come in. Okay. Uh, do you make any notation uh, when that happens uh, so that folks who are kind of looking at this understand, you know, what happened in that particular quarter that might make a difference? Yeah, actually, every every time a company adds or acquires or joins a new category or leaves a new category, it is part of the report. And folks who are interested in getting the report, uh, where do you suggest they go? The ES. ESDA numbers are part of SEMI, so going to the SEMI website and finding the um, electronic design automation uh, page, looking there, it'll be pretty obvious they're trying to sell the reports all the time. And unless this has changed, you, you can, of course, buy the report. Uh, but another thing you can do is join uh, the Electronic System Design uh, Alliance, and uh, then I believe you get either a discount or even free uh, reports. So that's another alternative. Okay. So semi.org, S-E-M-I.org, folks. Well, to sum up, the October surprise was just how strong the quarterly data were. Uh, let's hope the industry can keep this going. Uh, we look forward to catching up with you, Merlin, and you, Wally, uh, next quarter. Thank you both very much. Okay. Thank, Thank you, Mike. You. For PCB Chat, this is Mike Buteau. Have a good day.